episode three is of the MFB podcast. Today is March 6, 2019. I'm here with Todd and Nick. This is Luke. We're waiting on Warren. Um, last episode, we jumped into the subject of wrestling, wrestling entertainment, um, a little bit of WWE. Uh, I think today we're going to go ahead and jump into something more realistic, I find. Um, it's definitely more violent, and yeah. um, and that's MMA. Um, it's a rising sport. Um, the last whew, 20 years, it's gained a lot of pep- popularity. Uh, you know, the first UFC event was in 93. Yeah, that was at the, uh, yeah in Denver, Colorado, in, at McNichols Arena. Yeah. And that was actually the first time they used uh, the term MMA. Um, it was a term coined by Howard uh, Rosenberg. So, anyway, uh, MMA really got popular in, like, the 60s and 70s by Bruce Lee. Uh, you know, his style of fighting kind of just a mixture of a little bit of everything kind of prompted a movement. And we saw in uh, 76 with Muhammad Ali, who was a boxer, took on a wrestler in uh, Antonio Inoki. And uh, that kind of started to slowly begin the process of everything. You know, you got your Gracie family. That's probably like the, the royalty of MMA, I would say. Yeah, uh, but I mean, if, I, I think if you're looking, you know, you know, we're talking about MMA, but being more specific, going into like, you know, UFC, you know, if it wouldn't have been for the guys like, you know, R. Davey and Lorenzo Farida, I mean, those guys really made the UFC what it is. I mean, oh, yes, for Farida, sure. I mean, he was the CEO until 2016 till they sold to WME. And, uh, I mean, Art Davey, the co-founder, you know, I was reading something the other day. They said if you ask Big John McCarthy who was the brains behind the UFC, it was Art Davey. You know, him and Lorenzo Fertitta got together along with one of the Gracie uh, family members, and they came up with this idea to start broadcasting these fights, you know. And, I mean, if you're looking at promoters, I mean, Dana White, uh, I think the UFC would be nothing today without him. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Dana White, he's the face. Yes. When you think of you, he's the face. You think of Dana White. He's been there for a long time. Uh, I don't know who's going to be after him, honestly. Well, I mean, I, I think that kind of paves the way for Joe Rogan, really. I mean, mm. you know, you, you, you kind of look at Joe Rogan as being that, you know, one of the faces of USC. Yeah, I think I think he likes I think he likes what he's doing now. I think he's pretty. Content. I mean. It may be, but I mean, you know, you go where the money's at. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know, in in '96, in '96, John Senator John McCain actually tried to ban MMA across all the United States. It, and uh, if it wasn't for uh, like like 36 states banned UFC in the beginning of the time, that's when they first started getting popular. And it wasn't until actually UFC 12 
when they first saw weight classes and rule changes and everything. If it wasn't for all that, it probably still it'd be legal in a lot of states today. Oh yeah, well I mean it's got to be sanctioned. Yeah, I mean yeah. you know, man, no, no doubt. You know, it's 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 definitely got to be sanctioned. But I mean, you had this guy, you know, this small guy, Royce Gracie, who just came in and destroyed people twice the size. Oh yeah, I mean, he paved the way for those smaller, more technical guys. And I mean, he basically introduced the rest of the world to BJJ. I mean, he was that that underrated, you know, didn't punch hard but smart. Fight IQ was very high, you know. Yeah. And and I think they they set the building blocks for what you're watching on pay per view today. Oh, for I mean, sure. And, and and I mean, you know, as the years progressed in UFC, you've had your, you know, a lot from uh, what it where it was. It used to, they used to only have what about three to four a year. Yeah. Um, you know, it was less popular back then, too, but it was still growing. Um, it was easier to keep track of, too. Um, you know, it was just less people to follow. Yeah. If uh, it, in uh, 2001 is when the Fertitta brothers actually bought the UFC, and that's when they started Zufa, which was the parent company. And the reason they became so popular is because, uh, you know, they had better advertising. It, it got better, more mainstream as the time went on. And the really the turning point of MMA and the UFC was Tito Ortiz versus Ken Shamrock. And that fight right there kind of boosted. They were both high-class names at the time. And then the introduction of the Ultimate Fighter reality show really helped them, too. It was on Spike TV. It, it, yeah. It blasted off. Yeah. yeah it was the <clears throat> first winner. Who was the uh, first winner of that? Was it? Uh, Forrest, was it Forrest Griffin? Yeah, that that's Forrest Griffin's Stephen Bonner fight right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put UFC on the map on like TV because that was on TV. That wasn't a pay per view, so you got your yeah. first experience right there. And yeah, you know, that's just, what brought in people who weren't uh, you know fans before. You know, it was such a big uh, such I, a big deal at the time. I remember watching that fight, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is <laughs> yeah, yeah." You're seeing this on live, too. you know, on TV. This isn't something you buy and watch, you know. Yeah, exactly. Man, I can't speak for y'all, but I wouldn't really grow up on boxing much, so you know, I hadn't really seen this type of, uh, you know, yeah, combat type uh, stuff too much, you know. Um, I mean, it was definitely a shocker to most people, most viewers, you know. Yep, yeah. exactly. I mean, but I, I mean, if go ahead. I mean, like, like I was just saying what Ty was saying. Like, I didn't grow up watching like combat sports, and it just so happened that I had Spike TV, and I just so happened to catch an episode of The Ultimate Fighter, and I got hooked from then. Yeah, and I'm a yeah. big fan of it. You know. Yeah, and, and I, I think you know if you know. While we're on the subject of bringing in new fans, I mean, you know, look at look at how far women fighters have came. I mean, if you want to talk about somebody who's kind of shaped the way that the UFC is now, I mean, if you want to talk about people that were very influential, like Ronda Rousey, I mean, she brought women into fighting. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I, I I think we all seen, you know, once she came into the scene, then the actual more talented fighters 
you know? Yeah, they just needed that uh, the doorway. They just needed that pathway. Uh, somebody had to lead the way first, and yeah. they got their trailblazer uh, in Ronda Rousey. Uh, yeah. But you got to give uh, credit to Gina Carino. She was actually Strike Force champion before Ronda Rousey, I believe, and she she wasn't well known. She's more of a movie actress now, but she was right there, right before Ronda Rousey. So you got to give her some credit. Um, and yeah. I think, I think with uh, how how big the UFC is getting, you know, in 2011 they made a deal with Fox, and that was a pretty big like TV deal. Um, they were able to put more people watching it on prime time. Instead of, you know, Spike TV, not everybody had Spike TV back then. So you're able to see this, you know, you see it on Fox Sports 1 now, even on Fox on local channels, you can catch the UFC now. And a lot of main events now are becoming female main events. And hell, I ain't got a problem with that at all. They throw down. No, there's definitely not a, uh, you know, it's not like it, it. it's a slower sport like, uh, you know, like the WNBA. <laughs> uh, you know, it, there's not a drop-off, you know. Um, they're, they're just as capable when fighting someone with a similar, uh, you know, body type, uh, you know, or weight class. Yeah, not like exactly. the WNBA where it's, you know, it's slow, man. Exactly. So that's why I believe that, you know, that helps the women uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and at first, you know, UFC was kind of like the last company to get women's MMA. Uh, a lot of other organizations had women's MMA. So I would have to say, like, you could compare the UFC to big name sports like the NFL and MLB and, you know, the major sports like that's the pinnacle. If you want to, if you're an MMA fighter, your pinnacle is to be in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they probably bounce back and forth, you know, because you got Bellator. Um, well, speaking of that, you know, a lot of fighters now I've noticed, uh, a lot of fighters are leaving the UFC because of a lot of controversy that's going on now. Um, they got this, the deal with Reebok. Um, only um, Reebok furnishes all their expenses, like clothing-wise. You can't have no other sponsor now. If you're doing an event, like a fighting event, the fight night, pre-fight, um, and it's based on ranking. Well, this is how it was in the beginning. It's based off your rank and your record. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fighters aren't making as much money as they used to in the UFC because they don't have that sponsorship money because that was big yeah. back in the day. So a lot of guys um, are leaving because they can make more money elsewhere. And you see a lot of big names like uh, Loyola Machida, Ryan Bader, Hagar Musasi, Rampage, Fedor. They're all going to Bellator because they know they can make more money. So yeah, they're free to. I, I'm not too too uh, you know I'm not too uh, well versed on this. So like Sweet Bellator, they they don't have any restrictions on sponsorship. No, uh, I believe not. I mean, I'm not. 
I don't know a lot on Bellator, but I know that a lot of the fighters are leaving because they can get better sponsors and more money through have like through the Bellator having sponsors than the UFC in their Reebok deal. Like, um, okay. women's fighter Paige uh, Van Zandt, she just lost her Reebok contract, so I'm not sure if she's going to fight again in the UFC. I don't know how that works. I, I really didn't look into it, but... Yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, they're building this partnership. It doesn't seem like, uh, you know, maybe not a partnership, but, you know, they're working together. It doesn't seem. Yeah. It doesn't sound too good for her in the future. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, not only that, but, I mean, you see a lot of guys that, you know, n- not just leave in the UFC, but ones that that were, you know, kind of kind of out of their prime, kind of get a second chance. You know, with Bellator, I mean, you see guys like like uh, I just saw um, uh, guys like Ben Henderson. You know, that guy was a big name in the UFC, and you know, he's now in Bellator. You know, mm-hmm. back doing his thing. Yeah, I, I think it's not only a place where they can possibly go to get more money, but a second chance for fighters who may have lost, you know, a few fights in a row and lost, you know, and got you know kicked out. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of similar to like the the uh, what is it the AAF Correct. football league. Yeah, those guys are, just are, couldn't make the cut, you know, but still deserve some kind of recognition and some kind of pro debut, you know, yeah, on a big yeah. stage. So yeah, I can I can see how it could be used as kind of a you know like a developmental, uh, you know, yeah. or if you need something to work on or something. Yeah. But I mean, like Luke was saying, uh, sponsorships may, you know, they may just keep dragging people there, and eventually, it's you know, it may catch up to the UFC. Yeah. You know, if the sponsorship, you know, if that doesn't get go in the UFC's favor at some point, I mean, they're gonna keep seeing people leave. Yeah, exactly. So we actually all, uh, we were actually able to get in touch with Warren. Um, Warren, what's your opinion on this Reebok deal? What's up, everybody? Um, my feel on uh, the Reebok, I mean, I did some research. Um, <clears throat> Vito Belfort said that, like, that it cost him millions because Reebok donates over um, – dominates over the Fight Week um, sponsorships, an effort for their structure uh, – an effort to – for, like – athletes to to get more money they pretty much have to be a high card fight you know they, they're very biased i mean um just like uh, okay for instance reebok will pay for one to five bouts twenty five hundred dollars and then six to ten bouts five thousand dollars eleven to fifteen bouts ten thousand sixteen to twenty fifteen uh, twenty-one and up, twenty thousand. But for champions, they get like forty thousand, and a challenger get up to thirty thousand. You know, um, uh, um, I'm not that I, I don't like it because it's not f- for the little guy. You know, it doesn't make it fair that you, uh, a, a up and comer or somebody who isn't as big who can't just get a Nike or Reebok or Adidas or high high known sponsor to cover a fight where you could fight one time and make, I don't know, buku money. I mean, for instance, um, 
they say that fighters, uh, a mid a mid tier UFC fighter, fights three times a year on average and earns about two hundred thousand per fight. So say six hundred thousand. That's what they get paid per year. When a big names like Ronda Rousey or Conor McGregor, for instance, can make like millions on just one fight, you know, and that's just because that's how they pay those big guys or big girl fighters, you know, compared to somebody who like Donald Cerrone, who fights like, I don't know what. Um, He'll fight like eight times a year if he can. Bills to pay, you know, so I I just feel like uh, all they're doing is just putting the big uh, middle finger up to all the, the fighters. And I don't blame them for wanting to go to Bellator or any other, you know, professional fighting what you would call it? Organization. Organization. There you go. For so they can make their check. I mean, I have nothing against that. It's the same thing. Why I would leave a company for more money? It's just smarter. Yeah. So, uh, big nay against the old Reebok deal. UFC just putting a big stank on that. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree with you there. You know. Uh, like we we were discussing, uh, they they you can't make money like you used to for the middle class guy. Like you were saying, um, no. you can have outside spots sponsors, but once the fight week starts and all the uh, media days and everything, it has to be Reebok, which is kind of like a lot of those guys lose their money right there. Absolutely, man. I mean, <laughs> and what kind of sponsor is just gonna sponsor a guy just to? to have stuff in the gym and not be on like TV and stuff like that. Correct. Correct. Man. I, I'm completely against it. You know, I have no, nothing against like, okay, Reebok sponsoring UFC and UFC putting Reebok on the ring, just like they do Bud Light or any other sponsor they had over the last, what, 25 years, you know, what's so wrong with that, but being able to, to cut away, um, you know, like a hardworking, athlete from getting their check when you don't pay them that much you know that's that's just cutthroat man that's that's wrong it's just the ufc being greedy and uh consuming more money for themselves making a big deal with reebok and not cutting a bigger check for the uh, low guys just so they could put up a sponsor on their shorts or hang a flag or you know Mm -hmm. completely completely watch the fights this weekend ufc fights uh, where it was main evented by John Jones and Anthony Smith. Kind of deep uh, dive into that a little while. Um, what, what did y'all think of the fights this weekend? Um, uh, overall, pretty good. Um, not a, exciting knockouts. Um, a lot of long fights, but uh, if I say the one I had to stuck out the most was Uzma. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody was really expecting that much of a dominant performance. Not at all. Uh, you know, I, I think that was the big takeaway from the whole uh, fight card. Uh, it had to be his victory, and, and the way he just, you know, owned the entire fight. Yeah, Ty, it, it was like Tyre Willie didn't even show up at all during that fight. Oh yeah, it, it shut down hundred percent. Uh, you know. He's just bottled up, couldn't do anything. Yeah, and then the the controversy with Robbie Lawler and 
Ben Askren. Man, I don't, I don't know. In the heat of the moment, you know, the ref was trying to be smart, you know, make sure the guy was okay. To me, a person, to me, it looked like his arm went limp for a second. So, I mean, I could see it there. At the same time, you got one of the best referees. Yeah. It's just something that I think we need to redo it. I need a, a rematch right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, now with that, though, is the official rule, you know, if you lose consciousness at all, then, then it's over? Well, I think that's referee's discretion. I, I, I think that's what he's there for. You know, okay. he's there to, okay. to make sure everybody stays safe, but it, it's ultimately his, you know, call when to stop the fight, of course. Yeah, and if you okay. if you watch the videos after the pay-per-view ended and stuff, uh, Rob Lawler was, you know, he was upset at, at first, but he understood, you know, Herb Dean's one of the best referees they have, and he was just going with his gut, and he, he didn't blame him, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you look at the video, I, I would have seen him go out. You know, I thought he was out, and I mean, it only takes a split second to gain consciousness. So, yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I probably would say the right call was made. Yeah. In that main event, uh, John Jones and Anthony Smith. I just found that like Anthony Smith is. Is not the same caliber of a fighter no. as John Jones. And Who is yeah. the same caliber of a fighter as John Jones, though? Really, I mean, uh, for really, true. Gustafson, uh, Anderson, Anderson Silva, seven years ago. <laughs> different weight class, but still, the, you know what I mean. I mean, I meant more of like the the, the I mean, level of dominance. Who else are they gonna throw at him? That can really give him a test. I don't know. <laughs> Anthony, uh, Anthony Johnson is talking about coming out of retirement to try to fight John Jones. I, I, I think that's a horrible idea for him, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, they really, I mean, look, look. You're going to uh, the, – the fight reminded me of a cat and its prey, you know, killing a mouse. He toyed with him <laughs> the whole fight. I mean, I mean, we all watched it together. You know, we saw that there were multiple times that Jones could have ended it. You know, I think that illegal knee kind of, you know. Yeah, that illegal knee kind of almost ended the fight. But luckily, oh, Anthony it, Smith it, it, was a warrior. Yeah, could have. yeah. He didn't take the cheap way out, you know. So, I mean, no. pretty good move on his part, I think. Uh you know, I mean, nobody. He would have got hell for that if he would have. Oh yes. You know, took the disqualification and won the title that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he would have been able to live with himself uh, after doing something like that. You know. So yeah. I mean, that was a good move on his part. I think. I, uh, I just can't believe it went five, all five rounds. Yeah. No. No. I mean, but that was John Jones too. I think he he, he let it go five rounds. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, like Nick was saying, just to piggyback what he was saying, you know, uh, it was just it was like a cat playing with his toy. <laughs> uh, 
what that comes comes down to, you know. Um, I just briefly touch on the first fight of the uh, pay per view. You know, I just think it, it got wild at the. Uh, you know, once Cody got rocked, I think he just oh, got yeah. mad. Yeah, Cody he just started uh, swinging. Yeah, he just started swinging very wild, and he just <laughs> he got caught. He, he was seeing red, and I think uh, that was a mistake. And yeah, the Cody Garbert fight, man, that was that was a hell of a knockout, though. It's, it, those are the fun, fun ones to watch when they just throw in throwing hands and just wild. Uh, it, it, it is fun, you know, but you th- you throwing all uh, you know technique and you throwing everything out the window at that point. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's exciting for the fans, but. Like I said, it didn't uh, didn't end well for him. Um, I just wanted to touch on that one quickly uh, to try to get at least knock out most of the pay per view. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, speaking about John Jones, I want to get into a little bit with him about a little bit of his controversy. And, and we didn't mean to leave out the women that women's fight though. Um, <laughs> no, but. I, I want to touch on this before we get too further. You know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Jones could probably be one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah. But I'd I put think him probably at the top. Um, but at the same time, he will always have that asterisk next to his name because, you know, technically he's never lost a fight, but yeah. to be stripped of two or three titles already and to be suspended the way he's been suspended and all these failed drug tests. It's just, it's tainting his career. You know, uh, he was stripped in 2015 for a felony hit and run charges. You know, he's your champion and he represents your company, you know, and in 16, he was stripped after failing a drug test before he fought. But then, you know, I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's a touchy subject yeah. with that because, you know, it's like he could do whatever he wants and just come back and they just, oh, Shesha, you, you took your year off. Okay, now you can come back. Okay, now we're going to let you fight for the title again. I mean, honestly, I think you – needs to go through the ranks again. I don't think he should be put back as the number one contender, even though he was the champ when he got stripped. I think he needs to well, earn his way back yeah. there. Well, I, first off, I don't think he's going to get many more chances. You know, he's not going to get that many more chances to keep screwing up. Yeah, I mean, that would be bad for the UFC if they really – if he, he. I think if he fails one more time, I mean, they just got to be done with him. Yeah, and not, not to gloss over that hit and run, because I think ultimately at the end of the day, that you know, that's probably worse than, you know, taking steroids. Uh, the coke in his system. Um, I would still put the hit and run over that, too. Oh, yeah, you know? sure, sure. You know, I mean, uh, your company. But you got to give it up to him, man. He jumps right back in there, takes the title, defends it, and he just, you know, like he never lost a step. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, it, it kind of puts a bad image on the UFC sometimes, you know, because – um, before the Gustafson fight, the they had to move the pay per view because Nevada yeah. would, wouldn't issue him a license because 
he had an abnormality in his chest, so they had to move it the week of the fights to California. You know, like, yeah. I think if that was another person, that wouldn't have happened, you know? I guess because he was yeah. the main event and it, he's the face, they were going to do whatever well, they could to make sure he fought. Yeah, and, and just, you know, I don't think I don't, the numbers it, the numbers wouldn't have been there if he wouldn't have fought. Uh, especially how many days was it before? Like three to four, maybe. Or, or did uh, they have maybe an entire week? Yeah, it was like a week. So, yeah. but still, I mean, to take away John Jones, I mean, like I said, anybody, anybody else, anybody else, I think the show goes on. Like yeah. you said, um, you know, unless unless it would be like a Ronda Rousey in her heyday, um, yeah, you know, I think there's a few exceptions that they probably would have moved it for, but it, it does definitely look bad, you know. And then the, you know you 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 add this with the whole sponsorship issue, and you know, I mean, it's just some controversy they need to work out. Oh yeah. And then, like, I, I like Dana White's quote he made after, I think, the last, his last failed drug test for John Jones. He said his his life would, is going to be a good 30 for 30 special on ESPN. I mean, definitely. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. We can get into the whole episode about what would make good 30 for 30s. But uh, we'll get to that another I mean, time. <laughs> but – if you're looking at it from Dana White's point of view, I mean, he's running it like a business. You know, you know this guy sells fights. So, you know, yeah, you might – people might look at you a little differently because you're allowing this guy to keep coming back. But he sells tickets. He makes you money. So why not let him back in? Yeah, well, I mean – You know, I, 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 I mean – keep. You can't just keep letting anybody in. You I mean, you can't be the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I mean, criminals. Hey, whatever works. I get it. You know, uh, I, 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 you know, there has to be, there has to be a, a, a stopping point at some point. Exactly. You, know, you can't just, you, you, you can't, because if you just keep letting it happen, you keep letting it happen. You know, other people are going to start doing it as well. That's right. I mean, they may not be as tolerant, you know, as they are with John Jones, with other people, you know, but it's going to keep – I mean, Conor McGregor, look what he's doing. Yeah, that – I mean, he he lost his last fight. I mean – I think I think he's – I think he's kind of over the whole UFC MMA scene anyway. Um, but, I mean, he's throwing, you know, he threw a dolly at the bus or a stool or something. Yeah. Make, Glass flew in people's eyes or face, injured them, made them, uh, you know, be forced out of fights. I mean, you have this kind of stuff going on. I mean, and they allowed him back. So, I mean, what kind of precedent are you setting, you know? Mm hmm. It's like the once you get up there, uh, you don't have to abide by the rules anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Uh, but I mean, you know, it, it's like, like I said, the UFC is basically a business that they got to make money. So exactly. they're going to do what makes them money. I mean, you know? shit, they just sold in 2016, 
They sold a company for uh, like $4 billion. And, and exactly. And, you know, what kind of promoter wouldn't put the guy who sells fights up at the front, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, they're becoming way more mainstream now. They they just have that. They just got the deal with ESPN. Um, they uh they started that ESPN Plus stuff where you can see most of the fights on there. I don't really have that. Um, yeah, it's cool to see it's getting more out there. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, they, without not without controversy. Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> Uh, uh, now everybody went, and what what's your opinion on John Jones, Warren? And um, I have nothing against the man as far as fighting ability. I think he's a great fighter. He brings in money, you know. Um, he, you know, he he's probably one of the most natural athletes out there. You know, God given talent. I think he's a great fighter, but I do not agree with the fact that somebody can fail multiple drug tests, um, have their title dropped, um, come back, still get a title shot, um, fail the drug test again, drop the title again, and then come back to fight once more and yet still has to leave, um, like have the fight placed in a different area because drug the drug testing is too strict i mean nothing against a man you know uh i just i don't think it's fair to all the other fighters who have to pay their dues and follow all the rules it's the same as somebody who you know uh for instance how many times you hear like a somebody has like 10 duis and yet still have their license but yet me and you have one beer and get pulled over and i'll be damned they're gonna take our license you know it's just it's not fair to everybody else and I don't agree with it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I was saying that maybe that if he does get reinstated like he's done before, I think that he needs to earn his way back up. He needs to have a few fights before he gets another title fight. I mean, even though he's never Absolutely. lost the top, ever, ever, he's never lost the title. But at the same time, you messed up. You need to restart. You can't just give Absolutely. somebody a gift. Yeah. I completely agree, man. I completely, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just, compl- it, it kind of goes back to the whole Reebok thing. It's just UFC is being biased to fighters who are main card, main money uh, fights. Who's going to draw the people in? Jones is one of those fighters. Um, you know, just because of his talent now, not only because of his talent, but because of his background. People just want to know, like, oh, can he still fight? Will he win? Will he pass the drug test? Well, we got to find out, so we're going to watch it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not fair to somebody like Daniel Cormier, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but I do have respect for, who, you know, had to work his way up the ladder and now has to fight to hold his title compared to somebody who like Jones who can just come in, get in trouble, drop, come back whenever he wants or whenever he's ready, and then boom, now I have to have a title fight again the whole time while this man's been struggling to maintain his title. That's not right. Yeah. And Nick brought up a good point. Um, 
he he understands Dana White's perspective. He's a businessman. He's trying to run the UFC like a business. So why not make sure that your top person who can make you the most money uh, is taken care of? But at the same time, that is putting, in my opinion, that's putting a bad image on your business by letting these things go by. Just like the whole stuff with uh, McGregor and uh, all that stuff a couple of years ago. It's like, man, they could just do whatever they want and get away with it because they're uh, bigger names in the organization. Okay, here's my thoughts on that. Um, yes, I understand his 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 point. You know, we're going to spend a lot of money on the big name guys because they're going to bring in a lot of money. Um, business standpoint, it makes sense. Let's make money. That's great. But I don't think Dana White is smart enough to play the long game with this. And here's where I'm getting at with that. The same way uh, WCW fell by getting big names like Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, paying them all these crazy amounts of money. People were, hey, they were up in the ratings. But what happened in the long run? These guys started making too much money and, and making too many calls. And people started to not watch them as much because it, it wasn't real you know it it, it it just wasn't good enough in the long run and that's what i'm scared is what's going to happen to the ufc is they're going to spend all this money they're going to break not say break rules i mean they make their own rules but they're going to bend rules to, to put certain guys in play and certain athletes and fighters in play and it's not going to pay off in the long run you know sooner or later fans are going to get tired of it you know they're going to want to start seeing younger talent and um, other names, you know, they're not just going to keep watching it because every time this guy gets drug tested, Oh, well he drops the title. He comes back, he wins the title. He gets drug tested again. He drops the title. Well, shit. Anybody that's just going to say, well, anybody who's good at fighting, but addicted to drugs can go out and fight, win the title, make a bunch of money, get drug tested, drop the title, still keep their money. They, I don't understand it. You know, and, and that's, that's kind of how I feel with how it's going to kind of be the start of the end of the downfall of the UFC. And I, I hope not because I enjoy the sport. Um, but I just feel that's, that's my opinion. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of valid points right there. <sighs> You know, it's going to, it's going to, and, and I could be wrong, you know, they, they could prosper more than ever, but I don't know. I, in the last five to 10 years, since we started watching um, UFC and getting into it and stuff, I haven't been watching it as much as I used to. I know you haven't been, I know Nick hasn't been all we watch are highlights more than like, Hey, it's a fight. We're going to Buffalo Wild Wings or we're going to order it on, pay-per-view or somebody's going to get it and we're all going to, you know, watch it together. You know, it's, unless it's a, a fighter that we really, really want to see nine out of 10, we, we just not going to watch it. You know, um, I don't know. I just find like maybe, maybe the a way they could bring it back is to get more heavyweights and, you know, more big knockouts and exciting fighters. But I mean, all those guys are moved to Bellator, Bellator, you know, um, and who could blame them? They're going where, the, where they could make more money. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of sad that they go to a lower card uh, promotion 
to make more money. You know, that just goes to show you, you know, and I'm all about the blue collar, the working man. So, I mean, I'm completely for the fighter. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of guys that you've seen in, in the UFC that just didn't do too hot that, you know, they lost a few fights in a row and they got kicked out the UFC. You're finding they're having better success now in Bellator. Um, examples like Ryan Bader. He, uh, he's a strike force heavyweight and light heavyweight champion. Um, there you go. What Perfect. kind of talent would he bring to the UFC if he had come back? You get what I'm saying? Like, what kind of promotion could they do with a fighter like that? You know, I don't know. Those are my takes on that, though. Okay. Uh, since, uh, since we're still on the subject of MMA, uh, go ahead and hit you uh, hit us with your uh, top three favorite fighters. <sighs> All right, man. Um, Favorite fighters in UFC or favorite UM- MMA? We're just gonna we're, we're gonna stick with MMA and but all three of these have been in the UFC. Um, probably from the beginning, one of my favorites. And it was one of my dad's favorites growing up. Uh, on my third spot on my list would probably be Chuck Liddell. Um, I was a big fan of him, man. That over the top hook he'd always have knock guys out. Loved it, loved it. Um, a solid number two would be uh, probably Hoist Gracie, who was, like, there from the beginning, one of the most renowned names in fighting history. First UFC champion. At the time, yeah, and at the time, he was the lightest guy. He was, like, 176 pounds going against, like, guys in their, what, like, mid-200s. And uh, defending the – he was, like, a fourth-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he held the title and – he uh, just an awesome fighter, man. Awesome. And probably my top list, I'd have to go to my girl, Ronda Rousey. I've seen her both in UFC and WWE. Wow. Love her. Always did. You know, I even pulled for her when she lost, and everybody kind of was like, eh, I still loved her. Um, it's hard to it's hard to not pull for her, in my opinion. So that's oh, yeah. my top three in uh, MMA. But we cannot we cannot go nowhere without talking about Brock Lesnar, regardless of what people have to say. I think he was one of the most entertaining fighters, one of the biggest hitters, and in the UFC, one of their biggest marketing tools. Um, you know, and it kind of goes back to what I said about Jones um, when it comes to fighters just coming in and out. But I like the way he kind of worked his way up. He didn't just get a title fight. Um, he would have to take a solid but very close fourth place, even though you said three. I couldn't go nowhere without talking about Mr. Lesnar. I mean, I agree with Lesnar. He uh, he does help with the pay-per-view sales. I mean, he kind of put UFC into that next hemisphere of pay-per-view sales. Uh, to where they are today, actually. Oh yeah, man. He and he he kind of gave that opening for like a, a a pro wrestler or pro wrestling entertainer to make that transition. And I mean, it, in my honest opinion, he came back what one year, two year ago, and beat Mark Hunt, who nobody thought he would. You know, they were just like, oh, you know, Brock Lesnar would just get. I think if Brock Lesnar was as healthy as he is today, when he left the USC, 
um, he would have he would have held the title for at least another two or three fights, where at least or at least he would have gotten one or two more shots at the title if he would have lost it. Um, I'd have liked to have seen him uh, stayed healthier longer, but uh, you never know, man. They have a little bit of a stink between him and Daniel Cormier. I would love to see that fight. That might be one of those. Uh, we have to pay for that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like your list. Um, Ronda Rousey, that's a good number one. Uh, we did, we did dabble in women's MMA and she's pretty much started women's MMA in the UFC. Oh, dude, she, let's, let's just talk, just say, you know, um, I, in her prime, I would have put her against any of the guys, if I'm honest, you know, uh, that's just my opinion. You know, she, she's not just a woman fighter, but just a, a fighter in general, you know, um, Medal, uh, uh, what was she was a bronze medalist in the Olympics and it, for the U.S. team, man. It's hard not to pull for her, you know. Uh, I watch UFC more now for the women than I do for the men any day, any day. They're just meaner, in my opinion. <laughs> They it's have a better a fight, to, and it's a lot faster, usually. They want to prove something. They have a lot to prove. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Ronda Rousey will always be my number one. Definitely, definitely. So. Hell yeah, guys. Well, it's been sweet. It's been real. Warren, what are words? Over and out. All righty. Thanks, Warren. All right, my brother. Since we're on this subject, uh, what would your guys' uh, top top favorite uh, MMA fighters be? We're gonna go uh, top three or so. Yeah, we can go top three. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll start it off. I got at number three. I got uh, I got Chuck Liddell. Um, as your number three? He's number three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, you yeah, he was the man when uh, I got into it. Uh, so it kind of, you know, he's what I thought of when I thought of, uh, you know, UFC when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. He had the cool hair, you know, he was the ice man. And he, uh, you know, he would always have those exciting knockouts, you know, power. Um, out cold, you know. Um, I know two, I'm going to go with the controversial John Jones. I just, you know, the, the technique is just beyond anything I can imagine. You know, it's just as many times as he keeps getting pushed down, he just jumps right back in and dominates right to the title. Sometimes unfairly, like you said before, but, uh, you know, he jumps right in there and just, just, dominate so he's number two on my favorite but i'd probably put him number one as greatest of all time for now mm-hmm. uh, and then my number one favorite uh is anderson silva we didn't really hit hit on him too much uh, basically because it was just the most he's just the most exciting fighter i've ever seen you know um the way I- he can just uh, the defense is just ridiculous those slow motion videos where he's just dodging punch after punch and, you know, his accuracy versus 
you know, he's making you look like an idiot and he'll knock you out. It looks like he's trying to, you know, he barely touches you with his fist and you're done and you can't even lay a finger on him. No, you're back in his heyday anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And I think that the biggest example is probably against Forrest Griffin, you know, when he just <laughs> – he made Forrest look silly. Um, yeah, I mean, he was that he was that dominant, you know, fighter that you just – you love to watch. Uh, uh, I'm going to go uh, – my number two would uh, probably be John Jones. Uh, I mean, another one who's just, you know, dominant. I mean – you you hate to love him because of all the things, you know, as a fan that he's put you through, you know, you have to give him your respect at, at the same time. Cause I mean, he's probably, you know, I could say this with, without a shadow of a doubt that he is, you know, one of the most dominant fighters in, you know, in UFC history. And, uh, you know, kind of getting away from UFC. Uh, my number one would be Fedor Emelianenko. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about dominant, uh, probably, you know, the best heavyweight to ever grace the octagon. Or, well, really, I mean, we're talking about pride here. Uh, you know, grace the ring. Because, I mean, this guy just came in and, you know, stunned fighters bigger than him because he was so fast you know for for a heavyweight you know uh i mean he was he was one of those building blocks to get mma out to the world too so i mean he was definitely one of my you know he was my he's definitely my number one yeah on my list who's your number three again uh three would be anderson silva one john uh, two john jones and one fedor emilianenko that's a good list right there um yeah, Fedor. Fedor, uh, yeah, he's the one of the best to never fight in the UFC. <laughs> I have to say yeah. that much. Um, uh, for me, my top three, I liked BJ Penn. Number three for me. BJ Penn, in his heyday, he would go in there, win, tap you out, make you bleed, and then <laughs> just lick his gloves after. He was yeah. He was crazy. He was. Uh, now we got him. Oh, <laughs> BJ Penn was round number three. Number two, another controversial guy, Tito Ortiz. I like Tito. Tito was a good fighter. He started off fighting in the UFC for free because he was in college, and he could not get paid to do this because he was an athlete. So yeah. He he's one of the youngest champions. He he's he was a good fighter. You know, nowadays yeah. you know they're all kind of getting older. I definitely wanted to like him. I just could I couldn't get on the train. Yeah, and then of course my number one, which is in all of our all of our list, was Anderson Silva. He's just dynamic. I mean, what else can you say? He uh he's the one that pretty much got me hooked. Uh. His, there's no other style of a fighter th- that can mimic him. Um, he's getting older now, so his fights aren't as glorious as they used to be. But yeah, that's that was my number one. Um, other big names, you know, that were on my list was uh, Randy Couture, Dan Henderson, 
Matt Hughes, Ronda, you know, those are some of the bigger names. Yeah, I also had Matt Hughes, uh, Matt Hughes, uh, Rashad Evans, you know, a.k.a. Sugar, Sugar <laughs> Rashad. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, um, on my, on my, you know, on the, my least favorite, I had Tito Ortiz, your boy, and uh, Brock Lesnar, who was kind of just a joke, I thought. I mean, he beat Randy Couture, and he beat Frank Mir, and yeah. Shane. Yeah. Yeah. How much, how much steroids was he on? No telling. <laughs> There's something. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. So, let's see. Yeah. I guess that wraps up the MMA. Unless you had else to add. Um, no, that's about it. Oh, uh, GSP retiring finally. That's about uh, again, it. right? <laughs> yeah, he didn't get his fight with Khabib. So yeah, is Khabib? How, what's up next for him? Um, I'm not sure who's supposed to fight next. They got a list of people. I don't know. I know um, Dustin Poirier is fighting Max Holloway for the interim lightweight title. That's another thing, man. They got so many titles and title holders. You don't know who the real champion is anymore. So yeah, and while we're on that, I did have I did something just came to my mind. I forgot um, that you know the health aspect of them cutting weight as much as they do. Yes, um, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, yeah, and I heard of I'm not sure who does it, but. There's another fighting organization. They do, uh, as well as the weigh-ins, they do hydration tests as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, it may it, it's more true to the, uh, you know, when you show up, you actually add that weight because you can't, you know, just dehydrate your body, which is way more healthy, you know. I think this would, if anything, be an improvement to the performances you see. Um, you know, because they wouldn't be going through that, uh, you know, strenuous of a, a drain days before a fight. Yeah, they I think that would. They do something. I think that would be an improvement. Um, and uh, you know, I heard Joe Rogan maybe mention you know up each weight class ten pounds and implement the hydration, uh, you know, the hydration test. That way, each weight class. You know, you'd have more flexibility. You would see a lot of guys have to move up in weight class because of that. A lot of them, yeah. boys, they uh, they dehydrate themselves so much to make uh, a certain weight. And then that's why you see a lot of guys nowadays, they actually been moving up. Like Dustin Poirier, he was a featherweight. Um, he wasn't doing too hot, uh, so he moved up to lightweight again. And he's doing a hell of a lot better at this weight class than he did the smaller weight class. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing I've heard, it was on some other podcast. It was, uh, you know, maybe increasing weight divisions, make it every 10 pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that would leave out, you know, that would cut out some of the gaps that they have now. Uh, and if anything, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, 
make for a better product at the end, you know, at the end of the day, as long as, as well as the hydration test. Um, yeah, it's something to look for. I think they should look into. I don't know if they'll ever take it serious or not, but. Uh, Only, well, I think as times go on, I think there will be better testing and stuff like that. It's just a matter of time before everything starts to catch up. Yeah. Um, so I guess that is There's the a- end of MMA finally. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's all I had. Uh, yeah, we can wrap that one up. Okay, and now it's time for our next section. Todd, do you want to do that? Right. Absolutely, we got what's trending, no matter how Kardashian it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Breaking today was Alex Trebek. He had stage four pancreatic cancer. You know, we don't have to talk on it much, but. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I didn't really watch, you know, everybody knows uh, Jeopardy, you know. Yeah, exactly. And prayers out to his family and everyone. Um, Absolutely. On a lighter note, though, uh, wrestler, WWE wrestler Roman Reigns, who has leukemia, is in remission now. So he's actually yeah. starting come back to TV so that's uh that's something lighter oh absolutely but you know it's much more uh much of a you know better story to to hear um funny thing about about that uh soundbite was uh it sounded like the crowd or you know they cheered louder when he said he was coming back <laughs> uh, than they did when he said he was in remission um I just thought that was kind of uh, it was kind of odd. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I hadn't watched wrestling too much with him, but I have heard of him. I didn't really know he had any health issues. Yeah, you know, but, but I did. Uh, nobody really knew until he announced it uh, a few months ago. I think it was back in October, November. He announced it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, today was R. Kelly, um, you know, pleading his innocence, kind of like Jesse Smollett. <laughs> and what 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 uh, what was he arrested on again? Just to recap. Oh, I mean, without diving too far into it, there was something with. Uh, arrest on sexual uh, charges on sexual abuse from 1998 to 2010. Yeah. Uh, um, of aggravated criminal sexual abuse. They have four victims. This is a felony. Uh, the, and the victims age between ages of 13 and 17. Jeez. Yeah, and there's new evidence that came out that uh, involves tapes and an underage girl. That's as far as I got on it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't die that deep, but you know, um, it's just where you know where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, I think that documentary that came out, I, I hadn't watched it, but you know. I think that kind of made everybody aware of 
more aware of some of the things he's done. Yeah, that's just and uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch the documentary. I don't know if you did, Todd. No, no. Um, but that's just like uh, they just—I believe they coming out, or they did come out with another documentary on Michael Jackson. And now, yes, yes. Now there's some accusations about him and younger little boys and stuff like that. So it's only a matter of time. I feel like all, the movement started, you know. Like why all of a sudden all of these things from the past are starting to come up now, just like um, Bill Cosby. And now we got um, R. Kelly and it looks like Michael Jackson. Harvey Weinstein, you know. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it just took one, uh, you know, it, it just took the first pebble to fall, and now yeah, the domino effect. Now it's just everybody, which is, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's a good thing. That it's, exactly. It's coming out, and because that makes it harder yeah. for these uh, weirdos to get away with this in the future. Exactly. Uh, you don't have to. Yeah, and that's wait any like you don't you know they i guess because they were scared that's why they waited so long and they ate at them and they finally had to do something about it i guess with all these things coming up now this will allow those victims to have their voice and be, not be afraid to to move on and do what they got to do and, and or to be like you know ridiculed about it you know uh, saying how could you accuse this person you know now, now they'll be taken more seriously. Hopefully, um, no thanks to Jesse Smollett. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty now. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy how uh, many of these documentaries you see nowadays coming out. Though, it seems like there's a new one every week. Yeah, uh, that's like the 2019 is the year of documentaries, and we're in March. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Fact, uh, two days long. Yeah, February was two days long. January was four months. <laughs> uh, yeah, those documentaries are flying out. That's why they're increasing those Netflix prices. Probably so. But I don't think the MJ one, I think that's an HBO exclusive. Uh, I'm not mistaken. I'm not, I don't really pay attention to those. Well, I just heard about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of HBO exclusives, there was a the Game of Thrones trailer, season eight release. Yes. yes, I did see that. I did see it. Yes, I didn't. I didn't take a. I didn't study it too hard, but I did watch it. And uh, you know, there wasn't too many. They're not going to show you much. Um, you know, they pretty much show you what what you would expect. You know, battles, exactly. all the major characters. They're not going to show any of the plot twists and and that, that anything to take away from it. And definitely Game of Thrones is going to be an episode of its own. Um, we're going to touch a little bit on it, but that's definitely going to be a later episode. Yeah, um, I just want to hit on that trailer since it dropped. Yeah. Was it either, either today or yesterday? I'm not sure. Tuesday. It was from Mardi Gras. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mardi Gras, since you know we are from South Louisiana, so that is celebrated <laughs> uh, much more... Uh, you know, much more seriously than uh, it would be anywhere else. Um, <laughs> probably in an entire country, aside from New Orleans. Well, 
there I know that Texas, some parts of Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida, they all celebrate Mardi Gras. Um, yeah. A couple places here and there, but it's not, you know, this is a southern holiday. Uh, yeah, day, yeah. Day before Ash Wednesday. Um, yeah. I just thought we should maybe mention, you know, how it's taken more seriously down here as, like, almost a – basically a you know a real holiday it's just not federally observed well or nationally I, observed i had awful work the last two days well yeah <laughs> not everybody was that fortunate <laughs> so, um let's see here i got another one a good one um Okay. So I, I was a fan of this movie growing up. This was probably one of my all-time favorite movies, Space Jam, with Michael uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, um, yeah, we can, we can discuss this. They, they they announced that they're going to be releasing a Space Jam two in the summer of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Instead of Michael Jordan, they're going to be replacing him with LeBron James. Um, how do you feel about that? Oh, uh, you know, there's no denying the talent and, and, you know, people, I don't know if they, they look at, they have the same respect for LeBron as people had for MJ. I can't really say I wasn't, you know, uh, I wasn't around during the MJ heyday um yeah we were kind of we were young but but as far as big names go i don't think they could have picked anyone else however i just think that's why lebron went to the lakers you know for movie i think he went for basketball yeah because the lakers Um, are too hot right now absolutely not and a lot of that is due to you know He's been playing lazy. I'm not sure, you know, if maybe he had a late night in the studio recording some scenes or something. Um, you know, I don't think they could have picked up. As far as generations go, he's probably easily the biggest name in oh, yeah. the NBA. Um, so as far as drawing in fans, you know, I think they probably made the easiest choice. Um, you know, because he's a likable guy off the court, maybe not so much on the court, at least for me. Um, and I, I think that's probably the overall conception. Uh, yeah, I probably won't watch it, or if any, I'll watch it to compare it to the first one. Yeah, I mean, the, the filming starts this summer, but um, some some other key players that are supposedly rumored for this movie are. Your boy D Wade, Carmelo, Chris Paul, Chris Bosch, um, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, <laughs> Harden, Durant, Blake Griffin, and Anthony Davis. And I'm not sure how the storyline is going to go, but if it's, they said it's kind of going to be similar to the original, where you know these people's powers get stolen, like skills get stolen. Yeah, and the monsters and I—I I don't know. I, I don't know. I just—I—I—I I, I, 
I would like them to put their own twist on it, you know. Um, I, I, I don't want to see them just do a carbon copy of the old one, you know. Because we've already seen that. Yeah. 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 You know, all you're doing is changing the names and the faces at that point. Um, I kind of hope they put their own spin on it, you know, but we'll see. Um, something a little more. Uh, Much sooner is we got Captain Marvel uh, dropping this weekend. Yeah, this weekend I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, speaking of you know things you hadn't seen before, all these superhero movies being tied together. Um, First female you know, lead movie superhero movie besides Wonder Woman, but in the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah, um, they're uh, saying that Captain Marvel is, is based in the 90s. So it's a different twist to what we're used to in the timeline right now uh, where Marvel is. And we'll see where it leads up to uh, at the end of uh, Infinity Wars. Yeah, I think there's going to be a tie-in. There, there has to be something with uh, oh. Ant-Man and the Quantum Realm or something like that. Um, yeah, uh, we're I'm a little behind on those, so I, I'm gonna need to catch up. Uh, I still have Ant Man and the Wasp to knock out first. That's pretty much the last one before Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it, it may have a. I think it's gonna have an important role because in the Avengers Endgame trailer, the, you know Ant Man survives when uh, I don't think it was known he lived, and he just shows up at the door. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, April's going to be a big month for Marvel and uh, just fans of movies and TV shows. Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be something. Because uh, yeah. right after right after Endgames is uh, Spider-Man. The Spider-Man comes out, too. Yeah, in- so spoiler alert, he lives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll figure it out, the timeline. Yeah. It's um, exciting. I have to say, though. Marvel is outdoing DC movies by far. By far, Marvel is doing a hell of a lot better, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and and early on, I tried to almost uh, fight that, you know, when uh, I like it more, but uh, then just, then they came out with Justice League, and I don't even know if I remember watching the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, I felt they did actually was... enjoy Superman, but uh, you know, they, then they're just not releasing enough to keep up because Marvel's uh, already almost twenty movies in, if not more. Oh yeah, I have the whole collection, but DC yeah. felt DC just feels like they try too far, too hard to catch up, and ju- they just can't. But I think honestly, the biggest thing with Marvel is. I had to say the crown jewel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Robert Downey Jr. He brought Tony Stark to life in a way that I don't think anybody would thought was possible. And he started yeah. Yeah. he started the revolution. Uh, basically, you know, he pretty much introduced me to Iron Man, you know. I uh I, I mean I hadn't really heard of Iron Man, you know, growing up. 
I heard the you know the basic superheroes, the Hulk, Spider Man, you know, Superman, uh Batman, you know, I hadn't really heard of Iron Man, you know, until that movie came out and you know, you quickly shot up to one of my favorites, uh, superheroes. Um, but yeah, I think it was a big part of it, you know, his whole he fits the part better than anybody could have So, so only time we'll see what, what's going on there. Yep, yep. Um, Speaking of time, it looks like we're almost out here. Um, this episode. Yep. Well, I don't, wrap it up. Uh, I don't have anything else for what's trending. So, you, Todd? No, I think that's about all we had for today. We can call it a wrap. Alrighty, well, this has been another episode of the More Fun Big Podcast. This is Luke. A.K.A. MFB. This is Todd. Uh, Nick joined us and had some connection problems, I believe. And Warren will be here next time. Alrighty, see y'all next time. Goodbye. All right.